What's up, guys? Welcome to Breaking Walls, episode number 42. My name is James Scully. Today on Breaking Walls, we usher in the month of fear, aka October, with a chat with Staten Island hip-hop MC Brody James. I had Brody on the podcast last October, where we spoke about what the music industry is so afraid of in episode number 26 of Breaking Walls. Today, I sit down with Brody one year later to talk about some of the things that he's gone through, some of the fears that he's confronted in the last year since he's put out a full-length LP and a pretty strong, long EP at that as well. We've reached the middle of October. Here in New York, temperatures are dropping, leaves are turning. Other than that 10-day stretch of rain with no sun, the weather's been beautiful. And as I always say, you can get these podcasts by going to soundcloud.com slash thewallbreakers. You can also find us on iTunes by searching for The Wallbreakers. If you're going to do either of those things, especially on iTunes, please rate us, review, tell a friend, tell two friends. Word of mouth spreads these podcasts around. For me personally, I've got some good stuff in the hopper. Just finished the first draft of a manuscript that I've been working on since the end of February of this year. And as we head into the last couple of months of 2016, I'm gearing up for as many big things as I could possibly get my hands on. I hope you guys are too. Or whatever you're doing, I hope you feel satisfied. I hope you're progressing on a daily or weekly basis. And I'm not going to take up any more time. I want you to get right into this interview and stay tuned for a chat with me and Brody James here on Breaking Walls, episode number 42. What's up, guys? Back on Breaking Walls. My guest today is Brody James, Staten Island MC. What's going on? And rather than Brody come to me, this time we're going to his house in the recording studio here in Staten Island. And with it being October, uh, the topic here on the Wall Breakers this month is fear. And that has a lot to do with things that we're afraid of breaking through those fears. And I sat down with Brody last year in October. A to year to, to the him, date. A year to the date, That we fact, released the first one. Yeah. Absolutely. About... You know, at the time it was, what are the, what's the industry so afraid of, the music industry? As a Staten Island recording artist, at that moment, Brody, last year, you put out Dark Side of the Stars, yep. an EP. So let's pick it up a year later. You know, right. there's been a year's worth of learning lessons for you and things like that. You know, I like to say, uh, let's say like last time you and I talked was 365 days ago. I've had 365 learning lessons since true. then. True, true. So in the time since people have heard your voice on Breaking Walls... You put out Dark Side of the Stars. Yes. What was the reception that you were expecting when you released Dark Side of the Stars? What were you hoping for? What was it? What were some of the learning lessons that you took away from that? I enjoyed w releasing the album. I had a lot of fun, like I told you guys last time. I had a good time making the album. It took me a little bit of longer than I would like on anything, really. But it was my baby. It was my project. I feel like it was received in a good way. I did good visuals to it. Um, but you know, as a you know, as a rapper in, in hip hop, you you know, you always feel a little bit. You know, I'm stuck out, out of my comfort zone to make you know pop music and R&B, which is not bad. I enjoy it. It's not that it's you know a comfort zone for me, but I enjoy rapping. It's what I started doing. So I kind of felt like you know everyone that enjoyed it was people that just enjoyed you know the actual pop music, the R&B stuff. What I missed a little bit, um, you know, what I felt from it was. A little bit more of the hip hop side, which you know, stuff that like my boys can you know knock in there. Cause I didn't want to be you know bumping, 
you know, undone down there, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's just not that kind of jam, you know? That's part of the reason why I made um, Is This What You Want, the sound, sonically, um, was more or less to, you know, just make it a little bit more hip-hop. Just I wanted to put the bars back in there, you know what I yeah. mean? Like, but when we spoke last year, we talked about Dark Side of the Stars, and, we, and I said at the time, I felt like it was like a late-night cruising album. You know, it's yeah. the kind of thing, and specifically... Well, maybe it's because we're both from New York, but specifically, it felt like a New York late-night cruising album, something that I would oh drive God, around with through the streets in New York late yeah. at night. Which, you know, maybe maybe we, you bump something hard every once in a while when you're driving around like that, but for the most part, when you're cruising like that, you're gonna it's going to be a little bit, like you said, sonically a little bit more electronic, or it's yeah. going to have that dreamy-type feel to it, which it was a story, in the sense, Dark Side of the yeah. Stars, from the title itself to the title track, Here We Go, to the way that the album picks up in the second half, it very much was a story that you put. I try and do that with every album. Like I, that's kind of like the goal. Like now, people are making movies to their albums. You know what I'm saying? Like you see Frank Ocean, you see Beyonce, Drake just did one. Uh, Please forgive me. People are making movies to their albums, right? Which is good. It's like you want to do it. I mean, you don't want to carbon copy anybody, but it's a great way to bring the music to life. Yeah, because a lot of your favorite music you hear in movies and things like that. Those are the things that always bring you back to a certain time, which I feel like is awesome. I'm really, I'm cool with that. The more you release stuff, you know, you said that you spent a lot of time on Dark Side of the Stars. Does it become easier to be uh, like less precious with things the more you release something? Is it easier for you to say like, okay, it's enough now, let's put it out? Like, you know, does it become easier to know like, have I spent enough time on? Oh this? yeah, it was it the process. I know, and Joey knows too. Like, if he was here, he'll tell you. Like, when it was Dark Side of Stars, there was there would be days I would come in here and I would let him mix for three hours. I would never, I wouldn't even record anything. I would sit here and, you know, just chill and watch him mix and throw a little bit of input on. I trust him. You know, I love my music more, but I trust him more than anything in the world. And um, he kind of guided me through that process. There was a couple times, you know, and Rev knows too. Like, I don't. I want, I want to push it out, bro. You know what I mean? I want to put things out. I want it to be out there. I make too much to hold it back. You know what I mean? I, I don't make one song and, and rock out or a couple songs and like strategize around those. No, I make full albums, bro. And then I do with, you know, what I please. And the loose ones go to the end. And that's, you know, that's pretty much it. But, um, But also, I think you're what you're saying is that by exercising these songs and putting them out there, in some ways it allows you to move on from something too in a way like dark side of the stars came out in october 2015 yeah. it's october 2016 that's in the past now you're ready to go do yeah. something else you, you drive already had something out that's right and now you're gonna do something else you know like that was because i i spent so long making dark side of the stars that i didn't have i didn't write in that amount of time so you know what i'm saying like just what i just told you i spent more time with him mixing it you know hours upon end than you know, I wasn't writing. I wasn't making new material like I like to, like I always like to. So that's how is this what you want came about? Because after I was done putting out the album, I was like, Yo, I gotta write. Right. I gotta, I gotta yeah. get back in there. I gotta, you know. Now I want to hit him with the bars. Now I want it. It was that that fierceness, that, you know. And that's just how it goes, man. That's, that's. I think I feel like that. It's like that with a lot of people. You, it's so much to make something that when you make something, you know, whether you should have spent more time on it, or whatever. The fact that it's done is just. Some people are just good at that, you know what I mean? And, yeah. And that's the piece. That's, mm. you know, it's almost like, let's say you're cooking something in the oven, you know, a piece of food, and you spend like 12 hours on it. By the time that moment comes where it's done, you're like, I don't even, I don't even want this anymore. You know, like, because you spent so yeah, yeah, long no, on absolutely. it, you're ready to move and on. And you picked else. on a million things. Yeah, million right. Times. Exactly. That's <laughs> true. You lost it. the appetite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So eventually you do have to put something out. And Facts. I'm also wondering, 
you close Dark Side of the Stars with Make Me Famous, which is sonically, it's almost like the, tr the album ends before that, and then you have this epilogue track on the end of it that's kind of like, I said it last year, it's like, at the end of a, of, of a TV season, a new villain's got to show up. Yeah, so that gets again. But I didn't know that I was going to go the way I went with this. Is what you want? I didn't know I was going to come out and be aggressive like Make Me Famous. I just knew Make Me Famous was one of the last things I made for Dark Side of the Stars. I, as Joe, it was like I was like, yo, I need something to like cap it off the way I did with every other album, and I had that beat, and I was like, all right, it's good enough. I know it'll fit because sonically, you know, what I'm saying the guitars, there, it's it's melodic. It's a little bit more rapping than everything else, but it's at the end. It's not like something you have to fit in the middle or be like, ah, am I going to open it with this? You know, like I do with Here We Go. That was such a clutch opening song, even from the tape popping. You know what I mean? That was my shit. I, if it was anything certain about Dark Side Stars, it was that Here We Go was going to be the first song. Right, yeah. And you said that from like, you yeah. you made that long before Dark Side Stars. 2013. I mean, right. And you knew it was going to be a number one track on something, on a project that you hadn't even begun yet. Absolutely. With Make Me Famous. Um... I was just talking to Reb over here, who's behind the camera right now. Earlier when we were in the car on the way over here about sometimes the frustration is, you know, you want something already. And I think I might be ready for something in my life right now. But the fact is that if it comes in six months, I'll be that much more ready for something Absolutely. that comes. You know, because you just got to live life like that. Yeah. And Make Me Famous, by the, by the title of the song itself, Make Me Famous. But in general, there's a lot of angst in that song where you're... You're basically pissed off. It's a little cocky, right? It's a little cocky, <laughs> it's a little but, I, but I also hear the fact that you're like, yeah. you know, motherfucker, I put in this much work. How much more work do I possibly need to put in before somebody looks oh. at me and goes, yo. Yeah, yeah, not even somebody, because people are looking at you. We're more people, you know. Yeah, the masses, but that's what everybody wants, you know what I'm saying? Everybody in their head is like, oh, I'm the best. I should be there, you know. And if you don't think like that, then this is not the fuck you should be doing. Right. Well, you shouldn't be putting that much time and energy into sure. yourself just to boast yourself up a little bit before you decide, ah, oh, no, I don't want to do this anymore and fucking live life. Like, you know, no way. But at the same time, we're talking about you being a dude from Staten Island, and we know we've talked about it. Staten Island doesn't really get the respect from the rest of New York City, even that maybe it, it deserves, you know what I mean? And we joked about Does it last it year. You know, everybody hates on Staten Island, but yet everybody who wants to buy a house is moving out to Staten Island. But do they, I mean, as far as musically, but like, do they deserve it though? Well, I think what you're saying. That's how is, I feel about but it. You're, but you're, what you're also saying, I think, is if they don't, let's give them some reason to deserve oh, I'm going it. You know to. what I mean? Like, I you're helping your hometown. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And is this what you want? is all about coming from Staten Island and the things that you might be dealing with on a Friday and Saturday night, just cruising yeah. around on a weekly basis. Now, did you have, is this what you want? Was it already something that you were working through towards the, the end of uh, when you were putting out Dark Side of the Stars? Was this something that was already in your no. mind? No. Actually, I finished Dark Side of the Stars, and then, like, the day after I released it and everything was out and the videos were out, I was like, oh, I want to write again. So usually what I do is I come up with every album, too. Rebel's seen it. There's probably a lot of albums that have never come out that Rebel's seen the title for. It's got tracks on it and everything. Like, you know what I'm saying? That's what I do. I, I love to sculpt. I love to pick the beat. This, and I'll tell you, it's exactly, I'll tell everybody, too, how I do. I pick the beats. You know what I mean? I'll pick the production. I'll sift through productions, thousands of beats and shit. Or it'll take, you know, sometimes it'll just be what hits me on a Saturday morning when I wake up and I know I'm coming here for three hours. It's like, all right, let me just piece together something I had. You know what I'm saying? How am I feeling today? Am I in the mood to, am I in a world on fire mood? Am I in a no mystique mood? You know what I mean? Like, and that's kind of how I go about it. But with the production of the albums, I'll tailor the beats to a certain sound. 
figure out how many tracks I want it to be, keep it at that amount of tracks, and then just write to that. That's what I'm doing right now. I'm three or four songs into, you know, the next one. I'm I'm not gonna rock out like the name I said I was gonna was gonna put like, you know, titles and, and dates and stuff out there yet. Um, but it's pretty much, you know, it's good and anybody that knows how I work knows it'll be, you know, even quicker to wrap up. Um but and that's why I released World on Fire. I wanted to start getting videos out to, th you know, is this what you want to Dark Side of Stars? Because what I'm working on next is always something better. So and I want to make sure that I'm finally like caught up on it. I don't want to be like releasing videos for stuff that I did. But I finally want to be caught up. I want to be like, all right, well, releasing this project, you have all the stuff from the past, and now this is you know the next chapter of TMJ going forward. In talking about, is this what you want? You know. Dark Side of Stars is a very self-reflective album. And, you, and I remember you even saying a lot of it is you talking to yourself and things like that. I feel like Is This What You Want as in, you know, a long EP is an offensively directed album. You know, Is This What You Want? You know, who's yeah, the yeah. you and Is This What You Want? It's angry. There's a little bit of... Hostility. Uh, yeah, there's hostility there. So, <laughs> where, there <laughs> so where does that come from? Is it coming from either uh, frustrations after releasing the last album? What? Where's the hostility coming from in that? I think just in the way that music is going i think that was more of the frustration and it. it was just like it you know it seems like at a point where it's like they don't want good music but what do they want they want the aggressive stuff they want like you know the the trappish you know what i feels like is not worthy to be called music you know what i mean like and i'm not here to shit on anyone's dreams but i'm saying it's just not acceptable, my man. You know what I mean? Like, the, some things that you hear and some people, I'm not even going to name artists, but they know this. Everyone that's going to listen is going to know the sound that I'm talking about. You know, constant repeating the same words. There's no message in it. People are yelling on the track. Like, it's, like, annoying, man. It's, like, you know, put some dignity back into into what you do. You know what I mean? Be able to show your parents or your grandparents what it is that you're doing and, and then not look at you and be like, what the fuck is this? You know what I mean? Not because it's musically or for the production it sounds different or it's a little bit more you know no, what i'm saying bass heavy content. exactly i mean and yo not everyone's gonna have like a clean point of view out of life some people do rap on other things but even 50 found a way to turn street music and whatever it is into being presentable you know what i'm saying legible you know you can hear what the words that people are saying there's there's structure in the bars you know what I mean? it rhymes that's the key. That that'd be a nice right. one. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, bro. Isn't you know, supposed to rhyme? exactly. <laughs> I'm like, ah. But with, is this what you want? As an offensively directed, you know, track, I kind of feel like in a lot of ways you're putting Satin Island on your back a little bit too, because some of the offense there is also, in my opinion, about Staten Island not getting any kind of respect for anything. And you, as an artist, are coming up out of Staten Island trying to make a name for yourself. You know, as a person, I feel like we got to start with what's around us. So, like, you start with the block, then you go with the neighborhood, then you go with the borough, yeah, yeah. you know, and you build out that way. And, uh, you know, you you talk a lot about what it's like to grow up in Staten Island. And, f you know, for people that don't know, I was at, maybe this was like May, I was at my grandparents' house in Staten Island here, and the cover of the Staten Island Vance, a very, very well-respected newspaper, it said on the cover... Uh, that didn't nominate me for Best <laughs> Hip Hop Artist. Oh, so man. fuck you. Oh, and you nominated people that don't really even make music. So fuck you again. My apologies. It's okay. Uh, why I was reading Staten Island Advance was just because on the cover, uh, a girl had OD'd in a, a bathroom of like a nice restaurant. Or, not, or like, you know, a middle range, like where you go for lunch That's kind wild. of restaurant. And it was like, 
if this was May, you know, it was like the 29th or something like that, some really high number. Public, it had to be public because how else would they know? Overdose. And it was like the beginning of May. And I was looking at it going, man, you know, like, that's a lot. <laughs> that's that a lot of public a lot, for a, a place where there's like 400,000 people. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That is a lot. At the same time, I saw that after Detroit, Michigan, which is an entire city with like, you know, whatever. I think it's like 900,000 people, give or take, Don't in Detroit us. right now. They have the highest uh, heroin issue in the entire country of a, of a major metropolitan area. And Staten Island is number two on that Of course list. it is. That's why I put it in. It was like, listen, I'm a sarcastic fuck. I made this. If I'm telling you, is this what you want? It's because I'm, you know, being sarcastic right, as exactly. fuck, bro. It's, it's, I'm giving you what I feel like, you know, music should be, man. You can keep all, I feel like you keep a lot of the same production, but the content that you put in it, I feel like people, like I told you last year, so you have people that have the ability to reach hundreds of thousands of people, millions of people with your music, then what the fuck are you really talking about? You know what I mean? If anyone has any change in this fucking country, it's musicians, it's celebrity, you know what I mean? And it's just, it's like a bad example, man. And the problem is, is that now everyone that's coming up, they want younger kids. You know what I'm saying? Like the younger crowd. With no life crowd. experience. Exactly. What? 16 year olds leading other 16 year olds ain't gonna exactly. work. Exactly. That's not gonna work at all. It's it's gonna it's like oh you're fucking up. I'm gonna fuck up too. Cool. You know what I mean? It, it's whatever. You're gonna you be young. Enjoy the youth. You know what I'm saying? I did. Shit, I did. But, but you I grow up sometimes. Yeah, and know? I think that's the problem too because I'm noticing you know where we're getting to our later 20s. I'll be 30 soon. I I'll tell you a funny story. I was standing on a train platform. Names with this will remain nameless. Obviously, I'm standing on a train platform about two three weeks ago in the morning. And uh, I see a kid that I went to high school with that I, I got into a fight with in high school. And then we were cool after that. Like, we weren't best friends, yeah. but we were, like, you know, shit was cool. It was whatever. And he had sunglasses on. This is inside on a train platform in the morning. It's like 845. With shit. the, like, the, the book bag slung over one shoulder. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> You know, yeah. and he was grilling me as, I'm walk as he's walking by. As if we were, like, 14 yet. Or as if we weren't. We had him in cool after that for, like... Yeah. And I was just like... <laughs> I kind of like looked at him and at first I want like I didn't really know how to take it other than I was just kind of like bro you shouldn't you be like a dad right now you know like really? that's how I felt like yeah really you. like I yo we're, yeah, out, we're long out of high school long I feel time. like you know like I maybe some it, I'm just talking about my opinion now so you correct me if I'm wrong I think some of that frustration that you have is in some ways directed towards the place where you come from like you just said does it deserve the respect is this what you want Maybe you're a little bit mad about Staten Island being the kind of places yeah. where, where dudes our age are just fucking around, wasting time. And you're just <laughs> yeah, like, in your life. Like, it's not a funny thing, man. So, to make a long story short, with all of that frustration, from what I'm seeing, places like Fort George, that's on the come up right now. That's the next real estate, like, with everybody, under, the Hawkeyes are looking at that. Bridge? Yeah, absolutely. Right under the bridge. And then if you go towards the Jersey side, if you keep going that way... Okay. They're putting the Ferris wheel in there. They want yeah, to put absolutely. a high-priced condominium. No, no, 100%. How do you feel about that? I mean, it's not really putting any money in my pocket, so it's not, I don't really have a feeling about it. <laughs> but it'll be great for the island. It'll be great for tourism. It might actually suck for the island. And I can't really speak on this. I don't drive, but I know everybody bitches about traffic. I feel like it's going to fuck that up a little bit, too. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's probably why they're building more you know, on the freeway, and they should, and they better... Because it's going to be like, they're going to make a pig's breakfast of this whole thing. And people are going to be getting to work two, three hours late, bro. Like, you know, like, I could see it already. Absolutely. I stay, I live on the South Shore, man. I lived on the North Shore my whole life. And then, you know, two or three years ago, I moved out to the South. 
and there's not really much, you know what I'm saying, going on. It's like peace, so I walk out of the house, I smell the beach, so, you know, go to work, so I really ask for man. You said something really interesting when I just said it to you, and you said it's not really putting any money in my pocket. No. And I think that's a, a good point of view, because those who want to come in and real estate develop and things like that, they don't care who's currently living here and things like that. No. You're, you're just, you know, fodder to be moved aside. <laughs> yeah. Yo, this guy's going crazy. But no, it should yeah, be. Yo, I mean, I, I've seen it in Brooklyn, man. I come from, nah, it, it happened in my hometown first. And you got to roll with those punches yeah, yeah. too because that's life, that's evolution, blah, Absolutely. blah, blah. So maybe in a good way, an extra, you know, set of eyes on Staten Island is going to be good for you musically and, you know, f to get more, you're trying to get more people, yeah. you know. So the more people that come here, the larger the chance that you can do something with that. That's fine, and I think about that, but it's going to be concentrated, you know what I mean, like to one area. And I feel like anytime you concentrate something to one thing, you don't give anything, you know, room to grow. It's going to be that, and then it's almost going to be like, you know, it'll be cool. I, listen, for a good year, I'll say year and a half, because we live in a forget-me-not world, it's going to be the best thing ever. But after a while, just like anything else, it's almost like you're going to enjoy Christmas if it was every day. Right. No, right. you're not. Would you enjoy Brock Lesnar if he wrestled every every Monday night? You know what I'm saying? No, he, he wrestles like twice a year. Why? And it's the shit. And what does he do? He faces the Undertaker. Like things like that are good, but after a while they get old. I mean, I, I'm happy that you know other generations will be able to grow up with things like that. I feel like they should have did it at South Beach because then you could have at least incorporated more of like the island, the beach. You could have you know set up you know hotels and homes and made it almost like our version of the Jersey Shore. It's fine, you want to put it by Manhattan, but, you know, it's, not, it's you're cluttering up one area of the island, and, you know, and even people that live over there, you know what I mean? That's Now you're bringing more traffic that way, and it's already a bitch to even get on the ferry, or get in the ferry, or park over there, it's horrible. But what you got right now is the insider's perspective, and you're talking about outsiders coming in, not doing their homework, and things like that, and I think there's similarities there between what's going on musically... And what's not? We talked last year about, you know, the ability, the reason why you're an independent artist is there's a lot of reasons for it. And one of it is that, you know, music, uh, large music companies these days, it's not enough for you to just be talented. They want you no. coming talented with a million followers at the same time yeah. because they're not making the kind of money they no, used no, to make. No, absolutely. But it's smart business. You can't really be mad at that. No. You should have to work to get to where the fuck you want to be. You know what I mean? You shouldn't. It shouldn't just be like, oh, you're a talented guy, you know what I'm saying? Let's scoop you up, we'll give you a million dollars, you can record your album. No, you really need to do that, you know what I mean? And I did, I recorded a perfectly beautiful mastered album, two of them, here, by myself. With great quality videos, with good press and media and good promotion and coverage and stuff like that. You could do anything you want to. You would prefer to be with label, but would you? Well, let me ask you then. Now, if you had, you know, all things considered, two baskets... One, you doing it all on your own and making the same kind of dough and the same kind of connections that you would if you were signed to Just a record label. Which one is it? Like, if you had the choice between exactly the same, doing it on your own and it's going to be the same level of success, or signing with a larger label, which one would you, you have do? to? You need that platform, Scully. You need, I don't care what anybody says. And the people that don't, the people that come up independent, the people that make... You know, that one song, that one, you know, how many times now we have, Rev, how many one-hit guys now that we have in the last, like, year and a half? You got Bobby Schmurder, they got this girl, Young Ma, she's coming up. All this shit is fire. I love the fact that it's bubbling for New York music, but there's nothing ever after that. 
Why? Because they're not making records. Right. They're not they like, don't have the money to make exa- a record? Uh, that, they don't have the right direction. When you come independent like yourself, you're dealing with people around you, a bunch of yes-men, fucking idiots. You know what I mean? Oh, that sounds fire. You're spinning fire. Yeah, but like, can they play that? Because that's what's going to make people listen to your music. Can they play that? Yeah, they'll play that. 12 o'clock at night. 1 o'clock in the morning. If you could, if you get the opportunity to, are you... It sounds to me that you're interested in signing with a record label if you could make it. Because we talked about 50 yeah, a first. second ago. Absolutely. He, before first. Get Rich or Die Trying, you know, he put out Power of the Dollar. He yeah. Put out all, and no, now people, in in retrospect, people no, were like, that's now, fire. At well, the time, yeah, exactly. nobody bought Infinite when Eminem put that out. No, nobody cared. they didn't. But they bought the Sun Shady LP. Right. Right. And that's because he had Dre promoting Exactly. It. You need that. So listen, this is a prideful thing that we do. But sometimes you have to have no pride in things like this. Like, so, yo, trust me, I go in everything alone, bro. It's just how I am naturally as a person. I go in everything alone. But sometimes you need help, bro. Sometimes you need that fucking pick-me-up. Sometimes you need that push. Do you want to give a label 10 albums? Eh, probably not. You want to be able to make the music you want to make, enjoy your height, enjoy your time, your prime, and then give yourself the freedom to be able to make the music you want to make for the rest of your life. You know, and that's, you could do, you do that with a label. I can't wait to make an album for the label. You know what I mean? Like, I love doing this shit here. Like, you want to give me, fucking, give me a hundred grand. Look at what, Scott, look at the music I'm making. Paying him to record me and doing the shit myself. Could you imagine if they put me in a million dollar studio? Right. You know what I'm saying? Top notch producers that I wouldn't even need. Yeah. Absolutely. That's a lot of the thing. That's a lot of the reason why people get fucked too, because you need so much of a signing bonus. People need to live that kind of life, or you know what I'm saying. You need to an advance to make the album. And then you're in the hole already. Yeah, I don't need. I don't need to make it. I don't need an advance to make an album. I'll make the album. Right. A fire ass album. (laughs) Fucking. You don't need to give me a dollar. But what you said a minute ago about you know you're the kind of guy who goes in alone and does things, and I think you know we spoke last year a little bit. About your upbringing in the sense that you lost your mom, you lost your dad. You know, you had you had other strong ties with you, but that's gonna make a guy be more apt to go alone and do things. Cause you know, I so got my me. sister's telling me lately, like she's my older sister. She was like, you know, this is why you are the way you are. This is why you go, and it suits you. You know, she was like, you're just the number one. You know what I mean? Like it's just how you are. I can't help it. I love everybody around me. You know what I mean? I just, but I, you, I you, feel better. Than well. Them. My grandmother once gave me a bit of advice, and she said, you can't be all things to all people. And it's very true. You got to be for you first. Yeah. And not to the point where, you know, you're scorching the earth around you, because then yeah. everybody's like, well, fuck this motherfucker. You know, yeah, absolutely. And you make enemies then, That's and it's right. your own fault. You'll make enemies anyway, trust right, me. Right, exactly. But, so you what, being the good guy, you'd be... Yeah, yeah, man. What you were just saying about sometimes you need that help. You know, we're talking about fear a little bit and uh, vulnerability is something that I harp on a lot because for myself I know it that without that you can't get anywhere like if you were if you couldn't ask for help eventually you would need it and it would crush you because you didn't ask for it if you needed it in the last year of your life what, since you know you since dark side of stars came out you put out is this what you want so we're talking two music projects basically in a year that have come to fruition you you're going to hear critics both positive and negative it's just the I way have. it is what what are they saying? How much of that do you have to take for yourself and and listen to? Because some of it's got to be there's truth in everything. How much of it is noise? Where or you know sometimes the people that we're talk most close shit. with, they and so, <laughs> sometimes people talk shit. You know sometimes our family or our friends, 
they want what's best for us, but they're not in our heads. So we think we have the best idea of what's best for mm -hmm. ourselves. In the last year of your life, musically, what are people saying? Where do you want to go next? That's probably, that's what they're saying to me, man. That's It's almost like I got to just make that transformation into the PG world. You know what I mean? Like, that's really what I want to do. And that's the next thing. It's just I can't help but to rap and make, you know, hip-hop music. It's, you know, it's a split. I have half the people, like, there's people like JJ and, like, Bartley, you know, Dwayne, that love the pop music that I do. You know what I'm saying? They're my boys, like, yo, Brody, I drive, even my boy Bartley's like, yo, I drive around Brooklyn, I bump a lot of the songs, he bumps Dark Side of Stars, he bumps, and at first he, and because of his appreciation for Dark Side of Stars, he didn't necessarily, I don't say he didn't like, is this what you want, but he texted me and he said, he said, yo, Brody, you know, I gotta get used to it. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, give me some time with it. Because, I, was, you know me, I'm like, bro, let me know what you think. You know what I'm saying? It's a new album. And he texts me, and he's like, give me time with it. I want to say, like, a week later, he texts me, underdog is fire. That's my joint. I love. He's like, but you messed up. He's like, you gave the people, you, you fucked up. You gave the people two interludes and five songs. <laughs> he's like, everything, he's like the, the first one was short. He's like, he gave us the, the one and a half minutes spinning flames. You know what I mean? Like, But everything else around there, you know, was pretty good. No Mystique grew on him after time mm -hmm. and then i want to say like three weeks later he was at the gym he texted me he's like yo this is the new workout song you know what i mean so and it takes like that when someone listens to an album when you listen to an album you don't you're not like oh every song's my favorite joint you know what i mean when yeah, you truly it, love an artist you, you sift through it you you pick the songs you like because of what he what you're used to hearing from them and you're like oh what what did they improve in on this you know and that's how you go about enjoying an album. There's some songs you like six months after an album drops. You're like, oh, this is a joint. Why? Because you didn't listen to it as much as you listened to the ones that you liked at first so many fucking times for the next three months. So, I think yeah. even as an artist myself, something that I have to remember is even when people are critical or if they praise you or whatever, there's parts of that that it's the truth according to them at that moment. So like you're saying, you know, you didn't listen to that six months down the road or six months earlier. Or you were in a different headspace then, so you couldn't possibly appreciate this particular track. Yeah. But then you grew a little, or you changed Something your life. Something happened in your life, and, and, and then you heard you it. connected yeah. with it. And, Absolutely. And you said, you know, to me last year about some people, they tell you, you know, you should put out one, one song a year and just push that and push that and push that. You could do how, that. You could do that, but how could music that you've already released grow on people if you don't continuously give them a catalog? To choose from that's kind of how I feel. you would be surprised i mean they don't pay you a lot you know from your stream sales and but you would be shocked I, i'm shocked when all the numbers come in quarterly about people because now i have 20 songs on spotify you get what i'm saying like now you have a catalog there you know it's not like oh it's just you know it's outside the stars which is cool it's 12 songs which is a lot i got nobody's on there with mr ease i got i don't know how you feel with him and, and, right. and him and jason adams I have um, Breathers out there as a single until I put it on. It's just, it just fits so nice at the end. It's kind of like make me famous. Mm -hmm. um, and I have, I'm bringing Lost in Love and One Night Only and the other songs gradually onto that platform as singles like in time just because they need to be in people's rotation because those are songs that are played a lot on SoundCloud. You know what I'm saying? They got a lot of plays on there. So I want to definitely put them in rotation. And, you know, that's pretty much it. Yeah, I... I like the fact that there's a whole catalog there, and I'm looking forward to it too. I know the seven songs coming. So, and we talked last year, and one of the things you said was, and it's, I think it's something that you start to learn, you know, after having some experience, is that you just got to do shit. Like you can't put out, tw 
you don't have a catalog of 20 songs until you have 20 songs. You know, yeah. you put out one song, you put out a second song, and, there's, and eventually yeah, yeah, yeah. you got 20 songs to yeah, do. But, are you talking about like releasing them? No, I'm just talking about in general. Saying, you're like, moving like, on snail's pace, my man. Like, yeah. We can't do that. <laughs> I can't live like that. Right, exactly. Yeah. So then you said you're, you're working on some stuff now. Yeah. What's, this is a good one. If you, if you want to take, let's say we're in October right now. You got October, October, November, December, left in 2016, going into 2017. What's on deck? What haven't you even done yet that you've already in your head been this like, This album yeah, I, I is on deck, top of the year. Um, at least, you know what I'm saying? I, I'm not, I, confidently I want to tell you, you know, Scully, this thing could be out like in six weeks because it can. And my goal is to try and have another one out for the holiday time. But I might do something different with Jason Adams for the holiday season. Something a little bit different that you've never seen from us. That you really don't see from a hip-hop artist ever. Cool. You know what I mean? Bringing the, the Christmas cheer oh, back yo, into it. You know no, what I'm saying? Not, so, right? and, and Maddie's excellent. Maddie does, you know, excellent R&B work so I can kind of you know, I can make a different kind of track, you know what I'm saying, that he's going to be on it. I can sift for a different kind of instrumental, bring a different kind of mood. I know he's, you know, he loves doing things like that too. Um, shout out to Jason Adams, absolutely. Um, but I think my instinct, Scully, I always want to just give it out to the world. But, you know, someone close to me said, yo, Brody, craft it. You know, don't yeah. take two years again to craft it, but take the extra couple months. You know what I mean? I recorded Is This What You Want? Ask Joey within three weeks. Sure. Even as Rebel, I'm sure he came to the crib one day and I was like, yo, Rebel, I got the next one, you know what I'm saying, done. I probably popped it in, you know, and he's like, the fuck, bro? He's like, <laughs> I, just, I just left you an hour ago. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? That's exactly so, what I said. Yeah, and I was just like, you know, but that, I did that so quick because I learned the process with Joey. I, because of what he told me, he talks, I saw his yo, Brody, you know, spend the time, listen to everything. By the time I got this, this is what you want, I was already used to that process with him, so I... I we did everything. We banged out in a good like three weeks. I want to say. I even like then you got the one that you took a really long time on, and you got the one that it was like the overflow of the emotions that you put in. You know, yeah. coming out of that, you put it out. You want it out, and now you're in the next one. It's the middle ground after that. You find the balance. You know what I mean? Absolutely. What are you looking to plug today for people then? Um, the world on fire video. Okay. That's I mean, a dope, this is this will dope, probably, dope yeah. track. That is, I will tell you. On Dark Side of Stars, it is my favorite song on that track. Yo, it's the most streamed. When you go into my Spotify and you go into the Spot Brody James Spotify page, it gives you top songs and it's on there. It's like No Mystique, World on Fire, Best Thing Ever. No Buddies is up there because it's new. You know what I mean? It, mm -hmm. And it's, it's been in good rotation. Um, but th that was, that's the top song. You know what I mean? And I already did the Interludes video. Did you see that? Yeah, I've seen that. To Best Thing Ever right. and The Other Side. Yep. And I enjoyed that. That was another like, yo, six in the morning. The girl that I had hired to to be in the past tense video had bailed on me, so I'm like, shit, now I don't even really have a girl. So I called the director, and I'm like, he's like, oh, Brody, I, you know, I blocked out the day to shoot. These people don't play. You pay them, you know what I'm saying? It's business. Right. Yeah, it's business. So I was like, you know what? I could do something. I was listening to the album. I said, you know what? I knew that this, um, the, another guy, David Torrey, that I knew, um, he's, you know, Doc Street Records. He had a beautiful three-floor loft, uh, three loft apartment. So I'm, I'm thinking about it, I'm like, location-wise, what can I do? And I knew that he would have let me use it, you know. At that time, I called the director, I said, come up here. You know, and then we went up to the top floor, it's beautiful, it's open windows, you know, anyone sees the video for the interludes. Yep. Um, he called a girl that was excellent, Ginger Rose, she was on time, prepared, beautiful, ready to go, act like excellent, you know, professional. Gatsby's on the bay, let us use, you know, the bar because Sammy's awesome. And, and I kind of just walked in there the second time and was like, oh, Sammy, I kind of want to shoot a music video. 
And he was like, all right, Brody. <laughs> you know, I mean, he's got people in there eating gourmet meals, whatever, and I'm sitting here playing best thing ever on a little speakerphone and at his bar. But those are the things that, you know, you, you think back on and you appreciate. With this one, what I kind of want to do is take the time, um, you know, to make sure that the visuals are proper before I start, you know, promoting anything. I want to have more of them. I want to have like two or three of the videos done because then I can time them out and, you know, maybe every month and a half drop them and then, you know, I feel like I'll finally be caught up. But I think I'm going to take the next three months and do visuals to the two that are out. So if people want to check out Brody James, spell out for them just in case they can't spell what the, uh, the, the social media handles are for you. Oh, everything at Brody James. B-R-O-D-I-E-J-A-Y-M-Z. And that's Instagram, Twitter, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Facebook. I mean, there's the ads, you know YouTube, what I mean? Like, yeah, everything. Usual stuff. Yeah, everything Brody James. Cool. Um, there's an extra SoundCloud page with remixes on it, and that's slash that's my James. Cool. T-H-A-T-S-M-Y-J-A-Y-M-Z. For some remixes and other, you know, bonus material. I try and keep everything, like, Consolid. And I'll have all this stuff in links on the page for anybody who wants to check this stuff out. They'll be able yeah, to Yeah, definitely. Click actually, at the end of the video, there will be, I'll put everything there for you guys. I'll make sure it's all there, all the visuals. Fantastic. Maybe some, you know, preview of the next music video. Any parting thoughts that you want to say, or are we good? We're pretty much good. I think we're all right. Are you, uh, did you feel I we, we, I feel like we, we did this good again. See what happens with the process? Like yeah. last time we did it and then we came back and we were like, oh, we already know how, you know, how we're going to do it. And you're a professional. I love working with you. The questions, you know, awesome. You bring out the life, the music, you know, I'm good, buddy. And shout out to Rebel. Awesome. Once and all. Actually, yep. a couple shout outs. Shout out Rebel. Shout out Pepper. JJ. My boy Nikki Wiener, Jay Wills, Damn, Anthony so Demola, yeah, everybody. So Jay Axe, shout out to everybody, so man. Caesar, everybody I've ever collaborated with. You know, this next album has no features, but it's only because I wanted to do that. I wanted to try that one. Um, you know, and I, and I'm gonna be hitting the road soon to perform, and and I'm gonna, definitely gonna get back up on that tour thing. And it's gonna be hard to perform songs that nobody's there with me for. So I need one uh, solo dolo. But we're out, Scully. It's been Brody James. My name is James Scully. We'll catch you on the flip side. Brody, thank you again for sitting down with me. If you guys are curious, this podcast is dropping on October 15th, but this Monday, October 17th, the video portion of our interview will also be available on our YouTube pages, Brody and mine, and also throughout social media. Reb, also, thank you. You've been a guest on podcast number one. You were showed up with Brody on podcast number 26. And today, you did the video cutting behind us while we were shooting the interview. I really appreciate that. It's interesting because sometimes we have our head down in the clouds and we're just working and we're doing things. And But you look back at a year ago, Brody, Reb, Jason Adams, and I sat down and recorded Breaking Walls episode number 26. Now a year later, episode number 42. We've all grown. Everybody grows in a year's time. We all move on in our lives. We all move on to new things. We grow a little bit here and there. And that's a really good thing. And sometimes it's easy in a city like New York for me personally to be so head down trying to pay my bills, trying to get some creative projects going, trying to do this and that, that it's easy to get lost in that kind of shuffle and not step back and say, wow, over a year's time, look at all the things that we've accomplished. It's always good to do that every once in a while, especially in a season like this. You know, I talk about the autumnal things that I like to do, but the truth is that autumn is important because it's visually stimulating. The weather is such that you can go outside. It's still warm enough to do things. You're not right in that eternal winter darkness quite yet. But also, it's a time of celebration. It's a time where we 
do things that make us feel like kids again. We bring our families together. We bring our friends together. And we remember that that's what really, that's what life's about. It's not about getting up and going to work or it's not about this and that. Those things are important. We got to keep a roof over our heads. We got to figure out what we're doing with our lives. We can't be kids forever, etc. But it's also, in my opinion, very important to remember that we're all creative beings and we all should be happy. We have a right to be happy. And remembering the little things that help us through life is a good way to do that, in my opinion. So like I said, and like Brody said on the interview, you can find his links by searching for Brody James on everything from YouTube to SoundCloud to Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, the usual stuff. You can also find his remixes page on SoundCloud as well. I'm noticing that it's hard for me to keep a schedule a regular schedule of when I can drop these podcasts because I'm recording them in my spare time. And I'm also having to coordinate interviews with people who are nice enough to give me their time. So what I'm going to do going forward is try to release between two and three podcasts a month, eventually have them set on a set schedule. Either they be the 1st, the 10th, and the 20th of the month if it's three, or the 15th and the 31st, or the 15th and the 1st if it's two. But no matter what happens, because I have another podcast or two coming this month that I want to bring to you, what I'm going to do is just give you guys as much notice as I can. Post stuff on social media saying, hey, coming this date, this podcast will drop to give you guys a heads up. Because otherwise, if you don't know when these things are coming, I can totally understand why you wouldn't want to listen. Because you're just moving on and doing those things in your lives and forgetting about it. So I understand that totally. I'm going to try to give you guys as much notice as I possibly can going forward. And as you can probably tell by the speed at which I'm talking, I'm a little bit caffeined up right now. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to start a Tuesday here in New York. And we're at a point in our time on this earth where we could step back and we could look at all the things that are going well for us. No matter what our headset is at this moment, it's important to remember and be grateful for all of the good things going on in our lives and not let things that frustrate us get to us too much because then they just become the only thing that seems to be going on in our lives. I'm going to close this podcast by playing a track that I really love on Brody's last LP, Dark Side of the Stars. It's called World on Fire. It features Jason Adams, who was a guest also on number 26 of Breaking Walls. It's a video that Brody's pushing right now. He just released a video a couple of weeks ago. Definitely go check that video out. Tells a nice little story. This happens to be an awesome track. It's a good time of the year to play this. So at the end of this message that I'm giving, stay tuned for Brody James and Jason Adams on World on Fire from Brody's LP, Dark Side of the Stars. And you know how he's end these things, guys. Keep getting out there. Keep breaking those walls. My name is James Scully. This has been Breaking Walls episode number 42. And until next time, I'll catch you on the flip side. Thank you very much. Let's party all night long Knock down and break the dome Let's get wild Girl, let's set the world on So what's up? It's a Saturday night We're getting fucked up We'll have the time of our lives So raise your cups up To what we got, it's alright Just have fun, grab some water Set the world on fire I got a full cup of whiskey I met a girl here tonight I put the S in class And set the summer on fire Oh yeah, she tossed me It was 10pm on a Saturday at the bar scene She was getting saucy Oh Lord, please, the sun is rising I'm just too drunk to be driving I feel so alive As long as we got love It's everything that we wanna be 
Let's party all night long to get the love and I'm down and break the dawn. Fake cuffs, make a toast, girl. Let's get wild, girl. Let's set the world on fire. Let's party all night long to get the love and I'm down and break the dawn. Fake cuffs, make a toast, girl. Let's get wild, girl. Let's set the world on fire. Make a toast, girl, let's get wild Girl, let's set the world on fire Let's party all night long Get the love and I'm down Break the dawn Fake hearts, make a toast Girl, let's get wild Girl, let's set the world on fire Girl, let's get wild Girl, let's set the world on fire